hello once again, everybody. It is time for Slow Your Roll. I think this is the first time we've got to do it on a Thursday. It's St. Patrick's Day, everybody. It's March 17th. Apparently that's St. Patrick's Day. I'm Irish. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, I wish people would shut up about it, to be honest. But hey, we haven't been here in about a week, a little over a week. A lot has happened. So much has happened. Uh, baseball's back. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about that. Going to talk a lot about what the AFC West has been doing, mm-hmm. and talk about my favorite person on Earth. It's like the Cold War over there in the AFC West right now. A little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about my favorite person, Deshaun Watson, amongst a couple other things. A little Patriots talk, you know, maybe Baker and the Browns. Maybe yeah, it's going to be a lot of football today. Next show might be a lot, a lot more baseball, but yeah, we got NFL, get NFL free agencies winding down, so. It's time to it's time to go over this stuff. Doesn't feel like it though. I mean, there's like a big fish left. That's about it. A lot of big fish went this week, so we're gonna yeah, talk about that. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm actually I didn't even introduce ourselves. I'm Jesse Caulfield, writer for the Occupy Report. That's Dominic Lorenzano over there. This is Brian Salem right here. So uh, pretty. I mean, guest, but he's pretty typical on the show now. So yes. guest adjacent, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So I don't a know. Regular contributor. Hey, let's get this show. On the road. Okay, let's do it. You know, I said this is going to be a heavy football show, but we're going to start with something that's baseball related. And baseball is back. The players didn't get everything that they wanted. In my opinion, that's a good thing because it was only going to get worse and worse and be bad for small market teams. But I want to get over some of the, the new rule changes and stuff. We have the expanded playoffs. At least, thank God, it's not 14 teams. Though, you know, these things never go backwards. So one day, watch. <laughs> but... I don't really need to see mediocrity when you play 162 games, but be that as it may, here's the big one. The universal DH. Why I think this is so stupid is because it is baseball going backwards on something that they want to accomplish, which is making the game faster and more action. The American League is what we all watch here because we're Red Sox fans, all right? So we watch the AL East, which is the worst of the worst when it comes to pace of play. There's no other league as bad as that. But the American League in general is slower. If you watch a National League game, it's significantly faster than the American League. And people don't realize this because baseball is a regional power. It is not a national power the same way football is. So people talk about, oh, baseball is going down, the ratings, blah, blah, blah. Well, regionally, it actually still does absolutely great. It's just people outside of that region don't watch other teams all that much. So if you're... In the AL East, like we are, we don't watch a lot of National League. But the National League is significantly faster. I watch all games in the league pretty much as much as I can, all teams as much as I can. And I go to National League parks almost every year. We went to the Reds, been to the Nationals over the past year, and the Braves. Sometimes these games are two hours, 20 minutes, two, two and a half hours. They are significantly faster. Everybody works faster. But now, with the implementing of the DH, I guarantee you they are going to slow the game down in the National League. It's going to be one more tough hitter, one more long battle. It's going to, it's going to make the station-to-station game even worse when it comes to the National League. It's going to take away a lot of the hit-and-run action and all that other stuff. And the other thing is, once you get to order 6-7-8 in the National League... You can't just be patient and maybe take a walk and pass the buck along because eventually the pitcher is going to get up. So guys have shorter at-bats because guys are more aggressive knowing they need to get hits. Get Take out that pitcher spot, lengthen the lineup, watch what happens. 
So I don't understand why baseball did this. I guarantee it's not going to be as bad as the American League right away, but it'll happen. Watch. It's going to be significantly slower this year, and it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse as the National League game and style starts to realize you know, what it needs to do now with the longer lineups. So that's the biggest and first thing. And the thing that baseball should actually care about the most, and we know they care about the most. Now, as a fan, the rest of it is also annoying me. I like the polarity of, I mean, you know, I like, you know, the polarity of having a pitcher hit in one league and having him not hit in that league. I like the strategy. I like that it becomes, you know, more of a thinking man's game when once you have to talk about when do I take the pitcher out? When do I do a double switch? all that kind of stuff. And frankly, I kind of like when you can have that specialty pinch hitter on your team. I mean, we hate Pablo because what the Sox did, but it was kind of funny watching him in the National League afterwards, just be like, you know what? All he has to do is come up and hit once a day. And you know what? He's still actually decent at this, as long as you don't ask him to do anything else. So I kind of like that as well, too. I hate the universal DH for the reasons I mentioned personally as a baseball fan, but also I think it's going to slow the game down in the National League. I want you guys' reaction to that, though. Do you think that it's really going to make a difference on the pace of play and what is the significantly faster league? I mean, for the most part, when they talk about the universal DH, they're looking for more offense because that's why they, oh, that's the exciting thing about the game. Like, we we want people to hit. We want people to... You know, hit home runs those because those are the exciting plays. The higher the score, the more people seem to watch. So I, I think this is less about pace of play and more just about like let's just find a way to get more offense, and then later we'll find ways to get down pace of play. Because they've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, everyone knows that. Like, I mean, yeah, the most exciting games of baseball are when it's like ten ten, and like as much as I do, like you know, we like pitching duels they can be very exciting but to your average baseball fan i understand why it's not because mm. like yeah everyone likes to watch the hit the ball the ball's in play everyone's running around things are going crazy uh that's that's just so much more exciting and when yeah, you yeah, have but i think it's going to lead to less ball in play because people are going to be more content to take a walk work counts and play the station the station uh, stuff instead maybe, of mixing in the hit but, and run being more aggressive but we know there is generally pretty much every year you know you get the teams like the dodgers who are just a superpower mm-hmm. so they put up good offensive numbers all the time but for the most part there's a lot more offense in the american league than the national league yes so I, that's what i mean like this seems to be just what they're going for i think they with this one they're like let's not worry about pace of play let's try to get offense going and maybe that'll help and then if it's still not helping we'll bring it back we'll try to slow it down with mm. pitch clocks and stuff like that okay we'll see brian do you have any reactions to that i i for the most part agree with everything jesse just had to say like my biggest thing with baseball right now is pace of play and although yes i do think adding a dh might slow uh your pace of play for national league games you know like you were saying i uh your average national league game is like 222 and a half hours mm-hmm. like what's your average american league game three and a half four four and I a mean, half hours if you go the al east i bet it's at least three and a half Right. So, I mean, who are we to say that right off the bat, if you'll pardon the pun, that having the DH now, having the universal DH is going to add like that great of a discrepancy? I don't think it will. I don't think it will right away. But I would I be shocked if the National League average creeps to almost three hours? No. Oh, Fair I, enough. I mean, here's the thing. I don't disagree with the things you said. And I'm actually I liked the idea of not 
the Universal DH, I like that the leagues play slightly different games. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much funner when you have interleague play and then one team has to go and play the other team's game. That's really exciting. Really exciting, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Watching uh, watching American League pitchers bat. Like, I don't care. Sometimes when they look stupid, it's funny and entertaining. And when they get a hit, it's the most entertaining thing. Oh, I know. Like, That's I the love the thing I miss. So, like, I'll agree with you that I don't want the Universal DH, but I just think it's not its not about pace of play. Mm-hmm. I think they put that aside for this one. Just, like, offense as much as possible. Okay. All right. That, that, that's fine. I get it. I get it. Uh, we're not going to go over the playoff expansion yet. That's thats for the next show, like I said, when we, we do a little more baseball talk. Mm-hmm. So, from that, Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you for what is... <laughs> not so rapid-fire news. Not so rapid-fire news this week. It's been a long week. Please bear with me. I can't put everything in here. I tried to get the biggest stories I could and the most relevant stories. So let's start out with one that feels like ancient history. Uh, Remember Khalil Mack? Mm. Hey, he was traded to the L.A. Chargers for a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick. So the Chargers. Speaking of the Chargers, they also signed former cornerback for the Patriots, J.C. Jackson. Five-year, $84.5 million, uh, 40 of that guaranteed. Uh, let's keep it with the Patriots. Uh, they traded Chase Winovich to the Cleveland Browns for linebacker Mac Wilson. So, Bill making moves, I guess. Mm-hmm. Another trade. Bill traded guard Shaq Mason to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a 2022 fifth-round pick. So, he gets to now protect Tom Brady again. Let's keep it with the linemen. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals, they signed two of them. Former Patriots guard Ted Karras. Uh, to a three-year, $18 million contract, and former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Alex Kappa, to a four-year, $40 million contract. So the Bengals trying to protect Joe Burrow there. Let's move on to the Raiders. They signed a deal with former Patriot linebacker Chandler Jones to a three-year, $51 million contract. So everyone in the West seems to be going for pass rushers, Mm -hmm. except the Chiefs. All right, more pass rushers. Buffalo Bills. Signed linebacker Vaughn Miller to a six-year, $120 million contract. So everyone's getting QBs, pass rushers, they're everywhere. All right, we're winding down the the football talk. Dallas Cowboys traded Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for a fifth and a sixth-round pick in the 2022 draft. I thought good for the Browns, but then they immediately released wide receiver Jarvis Landry. And then, amongst other things that we'll talk about later going on with the Browns. Speaking of releasing wide receivers, Tennessee Titans released wide receiver Julio Jones the other day. I didn't even see that. After one year. Yeah, Julio, Julio Jones' career might be on the way out. Mm. Was it worth that trade? I don't know. Probably not. No. Pittsburgh Steelers, they're in the news. They signed quarterback Mitch Trubisky for a two-year, $27 million contract. We have, I have mixed feelings about that. Some of people like it. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. All right. We can move on from football. Let's yes. move on to basketball. Your Boston Celtics over the week, they went 3-1. and one. They beat uh, the Hornets, the Pistons, and the Warriors, but they did lose to the Mavericks. Speaking of that loss to the Mavericks, on Sunday, more Celtics news. During that, or before that Mavericks game, the Celtics retired Kevin Garnett's number 5 before the game. So no Celtic will ever wear that number again, and the big ticket is forever enshrined mm. in Boston history. All right, let's go to hockey news. Your Bruins, they went also 3-1 and one this week. They beat the Blackhawks twice, both home and away. They beat Arizona. And last night, they lost to the Minnesota Wild. But it's still a good week. Uh, 
You know, last week I mentioned a guy named Austin Matthews as kind of the favorite for the MVP. <laughs> Since then, he was suspended two games for cross-checking Buffalo Sabres forward Rasmus Dahlin in the neck during the Heritage Classic on Sunday at the Tim Hortons Field in Ontario, Canada. Mm. And that has been hockey news. Let's move on to baseball news. Guys, I don't know if you know this. The lockout is over. We can play baseball again. And that, that had a whirlwind of signings after that. Former Red Sox, Kyle Schwarber, Kyle from Waltham, outfielder. He reached an agreement with the Philadelphia Phillies two days ago. Uh, outfielder Andrew McCutcheon has reached an agreement with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, more signings. Third baseman and outfielder Chris Bryant signed a seven-year, $182 million contract with the Colorado Rockies, which makes you wonder, why did they trade Arenado two years ago? I don't know. More signings. First baseman. This one happened last night. First baseman Freddie Freeman signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers for six years, $162 million. And, you know, speaking of someone like him, the Oakland A's traded first baseman Matt Olson to the Braves, which cemented he wasn't going to come back to the Braves. And then he signed a uh, eight-year, $168 million contract extension. So the Braves have their guy, and it isn't Freddie Freeman. More, more Oakland A's news. We're almost done, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Oakland A's traded Matt Chapman, third baseman Matt Chapman, to the Toronto Blue Jays for a big haul of prospects. Speaking of trades and blowing it up, Cincinnati Reds traded outfielder Jesse Winker and third baseman Eugenio Suarez to the Seattle Mariners. So I feel really bad for Reds fans, but hey, good for Mariners fans because your team's going for it like I said they would this offseason. Mm. San Diego Padre. All right, now let's get weird. Last two, we're going to get weird. San Diego Padre, shortstop, Fernando Tatis, has fractured his left wrist because of a motorcycle accident that happened over the weekend. He is scheduled to miss about three months. Oh, that's such a blow. And then finally, final piece of news. Mets, New York Mets first baseman says he is okay after flipping his car three times on Sunday after someone ran a light and hit him. But he is okay. And that has been Not So Rapid Fire News. <laughs> uh, and with that, talking about how the Sox haven't done anything and the Pats, Boston's just taking a dump on the fans through free agency, I feel like. Brian, I'm going to turn it over to you, though, to start this on the Pats free agency. Thank you, Dominic. So, what a week it's been in free agency. But it sucks if you're a Pats fan like we are. Because this has got to be one of, if not the most stubborn offseason I've ever watched Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. So, Bill made, quote unquote, a slew, I don't even know if you want to call it that, a slew of moves so far this week. Brought back Devin McCourty for one year and $9 million. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. It's a good deal for like a player Devin. who's good deal for a player who's still got something left in the tank to contribute. Uh, brought offensive lineman James Ferentz back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh. uh, Gunnar Olszewski, your best special yeah. teamer outside of Matthew Slater and Nick Folk is, in, you know, for all intents and purposes, gone. Mm. James White's back. You don't really have a choice because you have three offensive linemen, and out of those three, mm -hmm. 
probably only one of them is top five, top ten well, at their position. Trent Brown is one and a half. So we have we have three and a half. Because he's that good. Okay. F- well, Let's talk that Brown might be gone, too. Oh. <laughs> so, long and short, I think this offseason for the Patriots so far begs the question, is Bill doing everything for this team that he can to maximize opportunities to win and bring in players that are going to be able to contribute at the highest level? Or is Bill having an offseason where he looks at the team and says, I've already put this together. Now I'm going to show you that I can win with my recipe and my formulas. Having either A, only re-signed old guys, B, not bothered to bring in more than one player from outside the organization that is either worth at least the money you're paying him or at least his name. Like that cornerback they just traded that they just signed from the Texans. He's maybe 26, 27. Mm-hmm. He's played for like six or seven teams mm. already. Mm. You just lost the top cornerback in free agency. Like I said, your protection's probably going to suck because you have three and a half mm-hmm. for the moment offensive linemen. You're getting players poached left and right. Shaq Mason gone. Brandon Bolden, gone. J.C. Jackson, gone. Your defense is going to be abysmal. Your protection schemes on offense are going to be abysmal. Thank God James White is back so he can call out protections because I don't trust Isaiah Wynn or James Ferentz to do any of it. Yeah. What is going on? Bill, you need to be better than this. Mm. There's a good chance the Patriots don't even make the playoffs this year for more than one reason. Uh, uh, outside of the fact that their roster looks what it looks like. They were maybe middle of the pack last year. Maybe on a good week in the AFC. Now that Cincy's made moves to bolster their offensive line, which was probably one of the two biggest glaring needs on that team, Mm -hmm. they've addressed that. Cincy's instantly better now. Mm. Pittsburgh, as soon as they got rid of that pant load Roethlisberger... They've gotten better. If Baltimore gets healthy and brings in a couple of more guys here and there and has a decent draft, they're better. The Bills in your division just signed one of the best pass rushers left on the market. They're going to be better. KC is KC. Uh, Denver just brought in Russ. The Chargers are loading up on the back end. You're only going farther down the standings. Mm -hmm. You're only going to look worse this year. Mm. I have little to no hope for this team Mm. right now. And, and right at the center of it, I think, lies Bill's stubborn attitude. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, you're bringing it up in, in, as a stubborn thing. I, I was thinking about it even in other terms as well, but I don't want to harp on just what you said right away, though. So, Jesse, I'm going to let you answer Brian first because I feel okay. like you're probably not as uh, – you, you see something going on. That well, we don't quite necessarily want to push the panic button on yet. Well, I mean, this thing's to be like, oh man, like that's not looking good. Because yeah, like, the Patriots haven't made any big splashes. You lost, you lost your offensive coordinator. As as critical I've been of him in the past couple of years, like you know, there's still stability there, and like you have a young quarterback. But like, like I'm not worried that much about the defense. 
because last year, I mean, the defense was good. You lost a couple pieces. You know, he's still wondering, like, like, J.C. Jackson is big. But J.C. Jackson, most of his play and big games came against crappy quarterbacks and crappy teams. Like, that's where a lot of his interceptions come from. Not that he can't be a shutdown corner, but it's people like Stefan Diggs. Like, they embarrassed him. So, like, I, as much as I didn't like losing J.C. Jackson first, I'm okay with it because – Bill still got that defensive mind. The defense looks when Bill was the one pushing the buttons on the defense, it was looking so good. And then when he gave it back up to his son and Gerard Mayo, then it, it fell apart in the end. Now the offense is still a lot of questions. What are we gonna do about that line? Do are we gonna find any weapons on the market here? Now they're linked heavily to Allen Robinson, and like I'm not a big fan of Allen Robinson. He didn't do anything for the Bears last year. I don't care what talent he is. Um, and he wants a lot of money. So I think that's what the, these moves they're making. They're going after a guy like Allen Robinson. But I, I I trust enough that Bill at least has some idea in his head. Like he's willing to let Shaq Mason go. He's willing to let Ted Karras go. Hopefully maybe has a, a, some linemen he's looking at in the draft. Or he's got some a trade in mind for a guy. Or like, you know, he, he, he needed to shed some cap. He wants to get Allen Robinson, and he'll go get some cheap guy on the market. And if that's his plan, maybe he'll work. He knows what he's doing. I hope he knows what he's doing. I understand why Patriots fans, especially after how great it's been for 20 years, why there's panic right now. Because, yeah, to everyone around you, especially in your conference, it seems, is making upgrades. Even the Jets made an upgrade. They got Uzama at tight end. Fucking, sorry. <laughs> Super Bowl's on for them. But, like, Patriots have literally done nothing. So I get it. But I'm not willing to be like that. Bill's lost it. Bill's washed up. Because last year he made a lot of moves, and it, a lot of them did work out. So I'm not, I'm not going to harp on Bill too much. Would I like him to do something? Of course. Hmm. And I'd like him to maybe be like, this is my plan. But Bill's never been that guy. So, so I, I just think, have to trust him. I think the jury is out, and we will see at the end of the year. I am perfectly okay with the fact that they gave up J.C. Jackson simply because the cap made it so and we've always been able to develop and find corners that's never been a problem for bill o-line is similar we talked about it a couple of weeks ago how you didn't like it but i told you they were probably going to move shaq mason because they needed to free up cap my issue with bill is going to be now that you've made these moves now that you decided not to re-sign jc jackson and now that you let shaq mason go you need to spend it on weapons and this is this is where i'm going to figure out to me at least if the game is passing Bill by or not, because the game has changed. Nick Saban is old, but Nick Saban was able to adapt at Alabama. He brought in Lane Kiffin and realized, I can't stop great offense anymore. I need to adapt. Bill for years has been trying to zig where the rest of the league has zagged, and for a while it has worked, but now it's come to a point that it seems like he has to get with the program. And he spent money on the guys last year. None of them, you know, super, you know, like number one type, but he still brought in some weapons. He's got to go bigger, though. He's got to go big name, explosive type, whether it be on the pass rushing side and also at weapons at wide receiver. That's where I'm going to decide whether I think Bill has lost it or not. But unfortunately, the weapons on the market are drying up. I mean, Allen Robinson is like the only one really left out there. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to say he's over. He's done like Pete Carroll is. I would say if he doesn't do something, though, on the weapons market, you got to start thinking about should Bill really be the GM anymore? That's how I'm going to take it. He remains, to me, the best coach and best in-game adjuster. But big picture, 
roster building GM, the game has changed, and I don't think Bill is is adapting to it. As far as roster building and being a GM goes, I think the game has passed him by a little bit in the sense of the way that he either handles personnel or evaluates personnel, mm. right? Like, in the high tower, uh, Jamie Collins, Chandler Jones draft, right? All those guys were, for the most part, studs as soon as they came out, mm-hmm. right? Now you're at a point all, you know, a decade later where there's only one of those guys now left in the league where his mold, his sort of overall makeup Mm -hmm. still works. And that's Chandler Jones. Mm -hmm. Like, you can still have big defensive ends that can be game wreckers like him. Mm -hmm. The high towers, Mm -hmm. the Jamie Collins, those style linebackers, Mm -hmm. they don't do it anymore. No. Actually, I was and, I was going to say that actually, yeah. And I think, but that's my that's one of the reasons why he's trying to get picks potentially is because he wants to to draft for linebackers. And they and they let Kyle Van Noy go, realizing that Van Noy was done. Even though Honestly, I'm sure that was one of Bill's proudest yeah. moments back in the day when he picked up Van Noy and turned him into something. What's the thing, Van Noy? Like I, you said it, like that whole the big middle linebacker like that's not the game anymore as much as like those three super bowls you won with hightower you're probably actually not going to win any if he's not on the team because he had big plays throughout all of them but yeah that's not the game anymore you need guys that are fast in the middle of the field you need more of the darius leonard and fred warner yeah Yeah. a a linebacker that can stay with the tight ends and the running backs Mm -hmm. um that can yeah that can cover and not, that's not just, not just clog the middle of the and, field. Yeah, as, as value as Hightower was as a big guy, it's the game has, and you know, like that's a recent thing. So I don't want to say like the game passed Bill by there. Like no, the game just passed Bill by there. And the other thing with the Van Noy, the thing, weapons, the weapons thing has been for a while well, now though. Bill's listen, not an since, offensive listen, guy. Listen, five years ago, Cincinnati never makes the Super Bowl. But the fact is, the way the league is played now, you can have a bad old line, but if you have a really good quarterback and outstanding weapons. You can actually make up for it and make a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, but Bill, that, Bill, that's sort of a matter of the way that the rules pander to offenses, though. Now, no, I know, I, I know why. I know why that's why it is. But that's, but that's the reality of the situation now. But also, like, actually, with the Van Noy thing, I just want to say, Van Noy was second in the teams in sacks last year. I actually would rather them part with Hightower than Van Noy. Yes. Van Noy still has something to give. He does. Do I do I still want to like those faster middle linebackers? Yes, so I understand why. But, but if you're I freed up, but you freed up almost seven million by yes. Van Noy. But if you're just gonna compare the players, mm-hmm. I would have rather kept the skill of Van Noy than the skill of Hightower at this point. But I understand Van Noy is probably more expensive, uh, stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. But I still don't think he. I still don't think Bill is realizing the value of wide receiver now. That's. I think he thing. has to. He just doesn't have the eye for it. Then, then, he just looks at wide receivers and be like, "Then go spend it in the league, because man, I don't want him drafting another one. I'll tell you that right now." I mean, we liked their draft for the most part last year. I don't think they took a wide receiver at all, but like, no, 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 no the not. fact that the I just fact don't want them Bill drafting was, a wide receiver. Well, yeah, but the fact that Bill Lassie was willing to admit, like, "Well, I'm going to take other people's opinions. This is going to be more of a group thing than just me." Hmm. And I mean, it worked out. I like, I like the people. He, some of the people he picked last year, yeah, even though they weren't weapons. I think some of that was a matter of perception, though. The way that Bill is perceived by everyone, because I think that, like, not just Brady and Kraft, but Bill in a maybe slightly more subtle sense is just as 
self-conscious and aware of his ego and the way he's perceived. Are you like, suggesting that Bill is human? Legacy? <laughs> In that one aspect, yes. I mean, that's the thing. I, I'll probably agree. Of course he's human. That was a joke. But, like, there's no way this man doesn't sit there and hear all this media stuff. Do I think he's probably really good at pushing it out? Of course he is. He's been the man for so long he has to be. But at some point, it's going to... Not only that, well, like, maybe it'll be, Bill will hear it and be like, all right, maybe they're right. But the people around him will hear it, and that, that can affect everything. Mm. They're telling, like, I'm working with Bill. I feel he's stubborn. And the media feel he's stubborn. Well, that's just, that's going to make me feel that I'm right. Bill's just a stubborn a-hole, and I don't want to work for this guy. Mm. And, like, you know, I think Bill realizes that this, these things can affect everything. I think before we move on, I, I think right now, as it stands, uh, Pats are certainly not a playoff team. And I don't even know if they have a winning record, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, I'm not, I'm not that worried about Because that. the AFC has gotten so much better in general. I mean, rattle off the list of teams right now that you think are better than the Patriots. Better? Today. Pittsburgh, Cincy, Buffalo, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, it, the whole Every, AFC West. I was about to say the entire AFC uh, West. No, I don't think the Raiders are. Come on. I listen. I will. Got I will. Chandler Jones. I gotta see. I gotta watch. They have a better roster than the Pats do. I gotta see how McDaniel's uh, works. I, I mean, Josh if it's Jacobs, not better, it's close. Josh Jacobs and I'd rather. I'd rather Darren have Josh Waller, Jacobs and Darren Waller. I'll give you Darren Waller. I'd rather have those two than well, Nelson about, Aguilar about, and Jonu Smith. Oh, sure, head to head. But the thing about both of those people is neither of them can stay healthy. True. Those are the best two players. Even when Aguilar and Smith do stay healthy, they hardly contribute. I think yes. Would it, I, but, I'll, I'll give you this. I wouldn't shock me if the Pats have a better record than the Raiders at the end of the year because of the division that the Raiders are in. And also, I think the Chargers are still going to charge her. Yeah, but they're a better team than the Pats. But Staley's the problem there. No, I'll give you that. But also, Cleo Mack's a little older. He's not. He's not going to be that dominant factor. He'll, he'll be good. And J.C. Jackson. Okay, uh, but, let's see him play against Patrick Mahomes twice and Russell Wilson twice. Because, like, I do have my. I like. I like J.C. Jackson, but I do like. He can get. He's been burned several times with a good quarterback and a good wide receiver. Uh, we will see. Uh, to your Khalil Mack thing, I mean, part of the reason that Mack will be more productive is because Bosa gets double teamed all the that's time. That's true. I'll give you. So yeah, either Bosa is going to continue to get double teamed and Mack can't get but double teamed, or they're going to have to take that double team off Bosa, and then you got two guys. Who are elite rushing the quarterback? Now think about it in the back end too, right? Well, now you have Jason, the back end, right? Yeah. But not not only does does that having that pass rush do will help the back end, bringing in a guy like J.C. Jackson in his own right helps the back end because not only do you have him now, mm-hmm. you you still have Derwin James who is a two time Pro Bowler playing the safety position. Mm-hmm. So now they can sort of work off of each other too. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. From that, we are going to move on to Jesse's favorite topic. I know you. At loved, least it's relevant. Yeah. I know. I know. At least he actually is probably going to get moved this time. Deshaun Watson. Not because you said that he's not. I know. Watch his his entire career he is, is going to be beat, wasted by rumors. He has beat at least the criminal aspect of his case. <laughs> There's still a case going on, but it's not criminal, and therefore he is back on the market. And oh man, does he have bitters? I would say uh, the leading teams are Carolina, New Orleans, Cleveland, and Atlanta. I was going to break this up and have each of us take a team and and do pros and cons, but I feel like that's a little weird and takes too long, so we're just going to talk about it right now. And and you'll decide, you know, who you think he's going to do. Carolina is my pick. I think that's where he's going to go. Carolina has been the most aggressive about trying to get Watson for over a year now. There are stories that, like, they have 
had like boots on the ground in Houston for over a year, like legal experts just around the city of Houston asking questions and investigating the situation. So Carolina has been, no, I'm serious. Did you not know this? No. Yeah. They're hiring people to just well, be in the city of Houston I, I just to te- ask questions. I know teams around. will do that, but that's a bit extreme. You're asking regular people? No, they're, 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 they're law experts. No, but like you're just on the streets of Houston being like, do you feel Deshaun Watson is a bad person to just regular Joes? I, I, I don't know if it's regular Joes, but they're snooping around and they're, they're, okay. they're, they're looking around. Okay. They're in Houston, though. They're literally having them be in Houston, like live in Houston to figure this stuff out for at least a little bit of time. Um, so I think Carolina makes the most sense. David Tepper, highly aggressive owner. He wants to win. Matt Rule will be pushing for it as well because he knows his job is on the line. And Carolina has tried to get a quarterback and have that Band-Aid for the last two years, and all three have largely failed miserably. Uh, Bridgewater just wasn't good enough. And then Darnold and Newton were just absolute disasters. So they feel like they're in win-now mode. I think they're going to get him. I think they'll give the most. Also, he's from that area. I mean, as far as he went to college in Clemson, Carolina's going to know just how much of a huge star and how much it's going to help them as far as tickets, popularity. If I'm Watson, you know, with everything that's going on and he's not as loved as he used to be, that might be, it'd be nice for him to go back to a place where he won, you know, two national titles and and he's going to be beloved by the fans. So I like that for them. The drawbacks, not a sensational roster uh, and a bad O-line. So depending on what you have to give for draft picks, they better figure out the O-line. But they have cap space and it's a bad division. Uh, The other one, New Orleans, I I can't, I really don't see the draws other than bad division. Kamara, who knows what's happening with that. Michael Thomas has been a headache forever. They're in cap hell, and they have a new coach because no one knows anything about Dennis Allen. Cap's not as bad as I thought it was. What is it? Uh, Hold on, give me a second. They also, they have draft picks to trade. They do. Um, I think they're like 30, 30 million under the cap right now. But what do they have? What do they have for? Because I guarantee you Houston's going to want more than just draft picks. I think Houston is going to want players. New Orleans has 15 million in cap space right now. Okay. I mean, it was at minus like 50 at one point. So they figured some stuff out. But who do they have for players that you could give? Hmm, Michael Tom. <laughs> Why would you take him? Especially with how much money he's owed, I wouldn't take him if I'm Houston. For the amount of time that he spends on the bench, too, because of injuries. And there's that. And um, the head case I that mean, he is. Well, I feel like, you know, he'll try to not be a head case when he gets traded. It's like, oh, I'm not on the same I feel like you're going to have to give up, like, Cam Jordan. Uh, I mean, you'll have to give up a lot, but uh, they have people to move. They have skilled players and stuff like that. And it's like, here's the thing. Uh, would, why would anyone take Michael Thomas? I don't know, other than like the skill he can put on the field. Like obviously that's a plus, but mm. uh, I don't know. The, the Texans are kind of a mess franchise, so maybe they, they'll take someone like that. They might. They might. There's the, always someone to take a Michael Thomas. The others are Atlanta, uh, Battle Line, Matt Ryan is a huge cap hit, and they're gonna like the biggest in the league actually this year. They're gonna have to figure that out. I like the offensive coach that would be good for Watson and help him out. They do have Kyle Pitts. And again, the same bad division. Um, and then lastly, the Cleveland Browns, who to me, I don't know if they have the draft picks and the assets, but as far as if you're Deshaun, it's the most attractive place because it's still a top 10 roster. 
you'll have weapons. I know Landry's gone, but I feel like Amari's an upgrade over Landry anyway. You have the two running backs um, since, like, one of the best O-lines and a competent defense on the other end. And again, an offensive coach in Stefanski. I don't know if Cleveland has the assets. I don't know if they're going to be able to trade for him, but it's probably the best landing spot of the people there as far as winning right away for Watson. So you guys' reactions to any of the team, any other comments to make on this? Well, what's the, do you know the Browns' salary? What, their cap space? Yeah. I mean, I can look it up in two seconds, but. I don't know. I know they have some, though. Um, well, because Deshaun Watson's owed $35 million to see. I know. However, pending. Cleveland a, has owed $12 million. Pending a possible six-game suspension that he could be facing. That, uh, would, that would lower sure. his cap number to, I, I don't, think, uh, listen, 22 or 26 million. I don't 26 think he'll get million. six games. I'm not saying he would. That's just uh, that's just something I sure, read. No, sure. If he gets any suspension, that'll take a dent. And obviously, you trade him to a team, he can rework the rework it. So like, you'll move some of it back. Actually, I'm surprised. I thought I, and this is also like you said they got rid of they cut Austin Hooper. Mm-hmm. I don't think this has those updated numbers. Probably not. So, Probably not. I forget how much Austin Hooper was owed. I think it might have freed up another like around eight million though. Right, that'll put him about twenty million then. Yeah. Which so, again, you can't afford him this year, but like if you trade him, you can work things. You know, this stuff, yeah. this stuff that these teams can do. Yes. And the fact of the matter is, is like I said, Houston's probably going to ask for players, so you can give up some NFL players to Houston, well, freeing up more m- money. I know Baker's still on his cheap contract, but like maybe give him Baker because he wants to leave now too. Uh, Houston, I don't think Houston wants Baker because they want to run with Davis Mills and see what they got there. Mm. So Baker would be too much of a distraction. Now, if they got Watson, they'll trade Baker somewhere else. I think Indianapolis would take him in a heartbeat. I think if Carolina, after they realize they don't get Watson, would probably take Baker Mayfield. He's better than Darnold and Newton. So, I mean, the thing on Baker is is people think he's worse than he actually is just because how injured and how bad he was last year. I was never a big fan, but... but uh, he's better than he was last year, in my opinion. I think a lot of the same thing happens with Baker Mayfield that happens with Derek Carr in the sense that, like, Derek Carr's issues are so, I feel, over-accentuated mm. by the Raiders fan base and pretty much anyone affiliated with that organization, whereas if you look at Derek Carr, like, from a league-wide or nationwide standpoint, I'm sure the majority are going to say, you know, he's really not that bad. Like, if my team needed a quarterback... Mm-hmm. They take a flyer on Derek Carr, and I think the same thing goes for Mayfield. Raiders fans bit. love but, him, but I, I, I feel no, not after last year. They don't. Not all of them. Not wait, after last year. Oh, you mean, wait, wait, you mean Raiders or Browns fans? I, I Raiders hate. fans. Oh, they they have no Raiders fans have come around on Carr now recently. Finally, after last year, I think that's a little insulting that you compared the two. I think Derek Carr is a significantly better quarterback. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not comparing. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not comparing Actually, the resumes or the abilities. Okay. I'm just. I'm just going off of a perception standpoint, oh, like okay, a public okay, perception I, okay, standpoint. Okay, I got you. Right. I'll compare him then to Kyler Murray because they seem to be going through the same problems right now. Both teams are like, we kind of don't want to deal with how immature you people are, mm. and that seems like you know, we've talked about it, like. If you're the quarterback, like I understand why you're arrogant. You're you're the one that everyone looks at. You're the superstar on the team, even if you're not the best player on the team. Like you're always going to be looked at, and it it, it kind of starts with you. So I understand why there's going to be arrogance and stuff like that. But like, man, these kids are like so high on themselves before they do anything, mm. just because this this culture. Yeah, 
Um, before we go on to more Cleveland talk, because we're going to do a short thing on that after this, where do you think Deshaun is going? Brian, I'm going to start with you. It's hard not to say Carolina. That's why I'm not going to say Carolina. And Just because. You've sort of brought me around on this in the sense that they probably do have, whether it be the most or the best looking, mm-hmm. capital to deal to Houston. I think they give Watson the best chance to probably win now, mm. aside from if he went to the Browns. And the only yeah. reason I'm saying that is because I don't care who your quarterback is or how good your team is, you are not guaranteed two victories or even one against Brady. Mm-hmm. Granted, the rest of that division The rest sucks. of that division is bad, though. I mean, they if they brought Deshaun in, you could sweep the rest of the division. You could, but you still got to go through that guy. You do. Now. You do. Listen, they'll, they'll win both games in the regular season, but it's just like, you know, they'll, they'll probably lose in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they'll go to the Cleveland Browns. Really? Yeah. And after like what's gone on with this Baker Mayfield stuff, I think the Browns are kind of realizing like, oh, since well, like if we're gonna dip our toe in and like it didn't go well with the rest with our quarterback that we have, so now like, well, I guess we got to sell our soul here because I I guess, but I, I feel like Deshaun still has that no trade clause. It wouldn't shock me if he said, I don't want to go to Cleveland. Why do you meet with them then? True. That's true. I mean, that's a good point that you just brought up. Like. Even if you're not going to live there 365 days a year, like you're just there for football season, who wants to live in Cleveland? Bro, live in Canton. Live a little, little, little outside, just a little, it's a little nicer. Or live on a farm. I saw Ohio this year. There's Cleveland, farm, Columbus, farm, Cincinnati, and that's it. I guess here's the thing. The same thing I said in Carolina, where it's like maybe the fan base will embrace him. Listen, Cleveland fan base has low standards and they they'll want to embrace win. anything. So if Deshaun wins, uh, they'll love him no matter what. So I guess there's that for Deshaun. Uh, I thought Atlanta was number two for a while. I will give you that Browns are probably my second option at this point. I still think it's Carolina, though. Well, I want to pick different. I know. And but, you know what? For as but much. But what does Cleveland have for the capital to give up? Like, ca- oh, uh, like assets to trade, you mean? Yeah. Um, are you going to give what? Well, they, they, but you, they're you say pick, they have a great roster. Pick, yeah, but they, yeah, but they're going to pick so much later in rounds. Whereas Carolina's like, yo, top six pick. There you go. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like Carolina has seemed to be bumbling this for so long that like, I don't know. I don't think they'll really pull the trigger. Okay. I think they're, the, for whatever reason, like I don't know the actual offers and maybe like the talks never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, why hasn't he moved? If the Carolina's been linked to him so hard, so many times, but yet nothing ever happens. Well, before it was because everyone was laying on the legal stuff. Now I think Houston is just waiting and trying to pit teams against each other so they can get the best offer available. And talk to Deshaun about who Deshaun is going to say no to or who he'll say yes to. In the end, I think Tepper is aggressive enough. He's not going to let him go anywhere else. Be that as it may, back to Baker and Cleveland real quick. This is this goes into like dumbest thing I heard this week. So an undisputed, Shannon Sharp says, Well, they're going after Watson. It's completely over. You can't bring Baker back now. The relationship is over. And I think that's stupid. Because 
guess what? Baker had a terrible year last year. And even if he's mad at the Browns secretly, even though he didn't say it on Instagram, that was a nice thing he said, thanking the fans, all that. That was probably a good move by him. The fact of the matter is, is he has to play, and he has to play at a very good level in order to prove to the league that he can still be a starting quarterback after last year. So the relationship might not be great, but out of necessity for his career, Baker will play at the best level he possibly get next year. So I think that was a dumb thing for Shannon Sharp to say. I mean, well, if Baker Mayfield's the quarterback, yeah, I agree with that. Like, he's He doesn't have the leverage that Deshaun has to just be like, no, I'm just going to sit out and not play for you. Like, you're going to get rid of me or I'm not going to play. Like, yeah, he doesn't he, have he, that. He can't do that after last year. But, like, if you're also the Browns, like, if this falls through, well, now you just got a disgruntled quarterback, and that's just that's just not going to work. I don't care how good your team is. Like, you have a, you have a toxic guy in the locker room who's supposed to be a leader. He's in a leadership position. He's a quarterback. Like, that's just not going to roll. Wait, come on, man. You know, men, men can do this. Men can... Com- com- I can't think of this. Men can compartmentalize I things. I don't look at Baker Mayfield as a man. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I think maybe he's getting better. Hopefully. <laughs> That was so perfect what you just said oh, as you. a man because I, <laughs> I'm a writer. Look at Baker I'm a writer. Mayfield I as a man because did either of you guys see the reports that came out of Cleveland? I can't remember who it was that did the write up, but it came out on Bleacher Report yesterday around like dinner time, I think. Mm. And it was the headline was something to the effect of Baker could be gone. Uh, Browns want a quote unquote adult. No, I did see that. Yeah, no, quarterback. I saw that. And now today. I read something this morning that's to the effect of, well, the Browns could still stick with Mayfield amidst all these rumors that are like, so, so what is it? Like, what, what do you, what's your ultimate end game here? Do you want to upgrade? Do you not? Do you want the kid to figure his stuff out? Like, this is, this is what it is. Where they want, are we they going want, They want to upgrade. That's all it comes down to. They want to upgrade. If they don't get Watson, though, they know they're stuck with Baker, and they're going to have to deal with Baker. And if Baker played at a decent enough level last year, I would say this is a bigger issue. But to me, the fact that Baker was so bad last year makes me say, listen, it doesn't matter. Baker has to have a good year if Cleveland keeps him in order to get another job somewhere else and get the kind of money he wants. So are we going to give him a mulligan at all for last year, considering he was... Like half of his body was. Oh no! Yeah. I, no, I do too. That's why I said it earlier. I, Baker's not as bad as people think, but the fact of the matter is, because of what happened, he has to prove that he can stay healthy and produce again at a good enough level that someone's going to take a flyer on him and have him be their starting quarterback. And I totally see that side of it. But like I was saying earlier, from an aspect of how almost you don't th- you almost don't, polarizing, you don't think he, he can is? compartmentalize it, and you think it'll be an issue for him all year. I do think that'll be an issue. for Okay. Him. I I mean, other than. Like I've seen him play well in the NFL. I have. E- even even last year he had a couple good games despite his injury. But it seems any time like the second people start like he has a bad game and the second people start like oh Baker don't have it. He goes to his press conference, he gets mad and then the next week he don't have it. So no, I don't I don't think he's shown to me at all that he can compartmentalize. Okay. So you think if no. this can so he grow th- this offseason maybe. Do you think if they don't get Watson they have to go to Baker? It's going to be Oh, I think season over. Disaster. Okay, cool. Despite how good that roster is, right. and hey, maybe the uh, the defense will keep up their side of it, but I I just don't I don't see that offense running. All right. So you think disaster? What do you think? Uh, if they don't get Watson and they're forced to bring Baker back, eight wins, not a disaster, 
but it's kind of ugly. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, from that, guys, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll move on to a little uh, a little baseball talk right after that. Because every time I look up at a at a TV screen or anything having to do with baseball, I see people talking about the damn Mets. So we're gonna get into this historically underachieving franchise <laughs> and see if they're finally gonna pull it around. Quick break, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll. We are moving on to the next segment. As I said, a lot of football today, but we're going to take a quick break for some baseball. The season is back. One of the teams that's already made some of the biggest splashes, other than the Rangers, who we actually talked about over a month ago when they made those big signings. But the New York Mets have brought in a lot of guys after another disappointing season last year. Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you to start this one. Are we buying the Mets this season, though? Um, well, it's weird because... Most of the time, if I've ever been asked that question, of course not. Oh, they get to go out and get um, Francisco Lindor? Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Javi Baez. (laughs) Losers, idiots, (laughs) fools. But to be honest, like, I can't. How can you not throw a bunch of money? And, like, you know, you throw too much money at someone. That's always a bad thing because where are you going to spend the rest of your money? But you bring in a guy like Max Scherzer. I have my personal problems with Max Scherzer because he seems like, you know, he was not a touch guy, blah, 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 blah. But, like, that's a fiery man. And that is, like... It's a locker room changer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and amongst other things, like, they got in Starling Marte. That's a guy I wanted for the Red Sox. I didn't think they would get him, but I, like, uh, that's a a great starting lineup guy. Mm -hmm. So, with those two moves, like, you're you're starting your rotation off with a huge fiery guy. You're starting your line off with a fiery, I mean, not like personally fiery guy, but like speedster can get on base. You finally have someone that can back up uh, DeGrom when he inevitably gets an injury. So do I buy this team as a World Series contender yet? No. But I, 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 I buy them as a team that will be there in October. So I will give them that much. Division winner? Mm, no, because I still think the Braves are the favorite for that. Okay. But, like, I don't... You, you, you buy them as a playoff team, though. Yeah, because I I don't see the the Marlins... I mean, they'll take a little step, but I don't see them as competitors yet, really. They still have a, ways, a little ways to go. The Phillies made some moves, uh, but, like, the, I don't know. I, I always just look at the Phillies. They're going to Philly. I don't trust their pitching. Sure. And, like... Phillies, uh, I mean. And, like, you have guys like Kyle Schwarber and, like, Bryce Harper. Like, yeah, they'll put up offense, but, like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. have they ever, for years now, do they have anyone in that bullpen that can do anything at all? No. So, like, I don't, I don't give a damn about the Phillies. Okay. And, yeah, I think, I think they'll be competing. Yeah, I think the Braves will outclass them because they're still they're a better team. But, yeah, I'll buy this Mets team. Right. Robert? <laughs> I wish he was in there right now. Brian, do you have any thoughts on the Mets? Do you know, I mean, they brought in Chris Bassett, Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna. I forgot about Escobar. And Scherzer, obviously. 
So right off the bat, Scherzer's my favorite move out of all of those. Oh, yeah. And I, I've it, part of that is a bias. Like, I have a bit of a soft spot. Actually, a huge soft spot, not just for Scherzer personally, mm. but I have a soft spot for those guys that are elite, but also, like, a little bit of a psycho. Yes. I get that. Like, I love that intangible. I love him, I love him on the mound and on the field. Like, you can't teach nasty. You can't teach fire. Mm. And I think it some level or at some juncture every team every staff every locker room and every sport needs a guy like that it makes everyone else more accountable and i think it can make everyone else around better now aside from the scherzer move like all the other moves they made too i mean without a doubt they've improved their roster and to jesse's point yeah i don't think they're gonna put up uh, a huge fight against the Braves because they're still the class of that division. But, yeah, I like them. I get not as a title contender, but, I mean, they squeak Playoff. in. They could make some noise. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I, do I buy the Mets this year? I do not buy the Mets this year. I have heard this forever so many times. Oh, my gosh, our pitching is amazing. We're going to pitch our way to a title or at least a division title. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, they brought in Mark Hanna and Starling Marte and Eduardo Escobar at least to try and upgrade the offense. Here's my issue. The back of the rotation is Taiwan Walker. And I forget. Crap. I I just looked at it not that long ago, but I forget the other one. But anyway, you got Scherzer and Bassett and DeGrom at the front. Sensational, all of them. Scherzer's older. Let's see what happens. Bassett got hurt as well last year. And DeGrom got hurt early on last year as well. Taiwan Walker was one of the worst pitchers in baseball the second half of last year. And he has injury history and he's older. So he might have lost it. So we'll see on that. Here's the other thing. Have they upgraded the offense from last year? Yes. Do I think it's a good offense, though? No. I think Starling Marte is great to hit at the top of your lineup or maybe sixth. I don't like it if Starling is your number three or four hitter. He's He's got... Good power, not amazing, just average. Need him for power. Uh, he doesn't get on base a ton, and he hits for a decent average. But he's not a guy I want hitting third or fourth. He's a guy I want hitting first or second. Mark Canna has largely been a role and utility player who had a good year last year, uh, better than he has career-wise. And Eduardo Escobar turned into a complete all-or-nothing guy who went on a crazy span of hitting home runs in Arizona, which is a great place for hitters. I don't think Escobar is going to work out. I still think this offense is kind of anemic. Alonzo's all or nothing as well. So I don't like the offense. And they brought in Adam Ottavino in the bullpen. That's about it. They, like the Phillies, have had an absolutely terrible bullpen now for the last, what, four or five years. I see this as a team that's going to pitch really well at the top of the rotation for six to seven innings not score a ton of runs like always, have close games and blow leads like they always do. So I do not buy the Mets this year. I've heard this story before. I don't think that they upgraded the entire roster enough. Yes, will they be good down the stretch on some, uh, like to start the year for a while? Will they pitch their way to a lot of victories? Yes. I think they're going to lose leads though, and I still don't think they're going to score enough runs. You don't think they'll maybe spend more money? Stevie over there, he's he's talking about like I will spend every dime of my money. Listen, I like his attitude on this. Who else is there out there to get now? There's a bullpen arms. 
man, every time they bring somebody in, it don't work. I guess. I mean, I do like the Ottavino thing. Like, obviously, one man's not going to save your bullpen, but, like, I, I really liked Ottavino for the Red Sox last year. And, like, we all know at least one or two free agents don't work out. To me, if Escobar doesn't work or Bassett or Scherzer get hurt, that doesn't shock me at all. I think Scherzer will be fine. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. But we got five free agent, big free agent moves. If two of them don't work, I think that's pretty typical of what happens in the league. And if two of them don't work, I think that's enough to derail this team. I mean, honestly, if you get three out of five, as long as the other two aren't, I guess, atrocious, I think that'd be, I mean, it depends on the two. Okay. Like if it's Scherzer and Marte, like, oh yeah, you got big problems. But like, I, I if it's Canna and I, Bassett, I don't care how old Max Scherzer is; he's gonna be fine this year. Okay. I listen. I if I'm banking on anyone, as long as he's healthy. If I'm banking on anyone in this list not working out, it's Chris Bassett and Eduardo Escobar. Okay. Those are the big two. Okay. Bassett mostly by injury. Eduardo Escobar because I don't think he's that good. <laughs> I think he hit a lot of home runs in Arizona, mm-hmm. which is Arizona. So, not buying it. Not buying it. Brian, do you have any retorts? I do know the division has gotten worse. The Braves lost Freeman. I know they replaced him with Olsen, but Olsen's not as good. And they're probably losing Jorge Soler. That's that's a name. That's a name that if the Mets brought in, it might change my tune. Really? It's it just it's about lengthening the lineup. That's all. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I guess. My biggest issue is I still just don't think they're gonna score enough runs and the bullpen's not good enough to hold tight leads. Which has been their story for a while now. So that's why I'm not buying them this year. All right. Moving on. NFL free agency. There's still some things that will probably happen. And we're waiting on the Pats to do something. (laughs) But we're going to go over our winners and losers of the free agency. Brian, I'm going to let you start this one off. Give me your two winners. By the way, guys, full disclosure, you can't pick Denver. Everybody knows Denver won the offseason. We are not picking Denver. You can't pick Denver. Brian, two winners, two losers. Let's go. So I got to go two and two now. See, before the show, I just had to pick one and one. Why did I tell you that? I swear that text said two and two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, you're, I'm, I think I'm, you're I'm, tired from look, work. Look, I'm up very early every day. <laughs> no, I know so. you are. That's why I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you're tired. So uh, I got to think about second winner and second loser while I give you my first winner and first loser. But right off the bat, since no one's allowed to pick Denver, thank you, Dom. Uh, we all know. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, Chargers, winners, Patriots, losers. I think it's clear why I say the Patriots are losing mm-hmm. after the yeah. Patriots segment we had. Uh, and we talked about a couple of the moves that the Chargers made real quick. Um, but we didn't talk about why they're the winners. No. We, we didn't talk about the impact. Right. So you can go into that if you want. So as far as why I think they will at least at least be fighting for second or third place Mm -hmm. in that division. But I think the fight gets significantly easier now that you've brought in a guy, albeit Mac is a little bit on the older side for a guy playing his position now, that makes Bosa's life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And having Bosa already there could make Khalil Mack's life easier. So you have two guys at a top five position of importance on the field Mm -hmm. that can work off of each other and are either elite or borderline elite Mm -hmm. at their position. 
We, Same goes for the defensive backfield now that you've added J.C. Jackson and you're and, pairing him with a safety like Derwin James. And elite at a position that matters because of how good the quarterback play is in their division. Exactly. I mean, if you want to contend with these teams, you got to go get people who can go get Mahomes and go get Derek Carr and go get Russell Wilson. Yep, and keep those guys honest. Mm-hmm. The offense is the offense. I have no, no issues or qualms about anything they've done, haven't done, or as like I have zero doubts that they'll be able to be efficient and put points up. Well, they haven't upgraded their line, have they? No, but they can do that in the draft, and they brought back Mike Williams, so Williams is still there. Mm. So you still have Keenan Allen and Williams, who are two really good wide receivers. So. Who's the running back there? Eckler, Eckler. Austin Eckler. Yeah. yeah, and he is no slouch. Uh, he's one of the. I mean, he's one of the best catching running backs. In I was the about league. to say he is. He is one of the best Swiss Army knives in the league. Strong, speedy, and as you said, an elite pass catcher out of the backfield. So, my other big thing about why I like the Chargers is, as far, at least as far as the division goes, there's really only one, if you want to say elite, mm-hmm. or just put it in a perspective of like three best, five best. Mm-hmm. Only one of the coaches in that division. Mm-hmm. is in that upper echelon. Oh, definitely, yeah. Josh McDaniels, for all intents and purposes, yeah, we have no idea. fall flat on his face again. Yeah, we have no idea. And no one knows if Hackett can hack it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make a pun? You yes. should be fired. <laughs> um, uh, that's the second one today. Oh, that, you're right. That is the second one. No, I. you know, that's a good point. I didn't really even think of that. Yeah, Andy Reid is really the only proven coach in that division right now. Yeah, so I think the biggest... Uh, thing that would hamper the charges right now is Brandon Staley. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a second one, I'll just go right now. So, um, my first winner is the Chargers, for the reasons you just said, so I don't need to go into that even more. The other one that you're all going to disagree with, we're going to have a great talk about this next week about the AFC North. I think Pittsburgh is an absolute no. free agency winner, and here's why. No. First off, they brought in two guys for the offensive line in Mason Cole and James Daniels. They bring in Levi Willis for the backfield at corner, and they bring in Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I'm not saying the Steelers are going to win a Super Bowl, because they are not. But Trubisky has made the playoffs. Trubisky once again goes to a team with an elite defense, a defense-first-oriented team. And the biggest thing for Pittsburgh is they get him on the cheap. You said $27 million. That's only $27 million if he hits all incentives. Yes. It's $14 million. Well, it's $14.5 million. That's about $7 million a year. That's nothing for a quarterback in today's day and age. They basically spent very little on having a quarterback, and they gave up no draft picks. So they still have all their draft picks to add for the O-line, weapons, or defense, whatever route they choose to go. Trubisky is a competent NFL quarterback in a division now without real elite quarterback play. They were able to make the playoffs last year despite horrendous quarterback play from Big Ben. I mean, they were awful. They were one of the worst offenses. Big Ben looked like he could be knocked over by a like stiff breeze of wind. Uh, he was he looked decrepit back there at times, and they somehow still made the playoffs. They get a better quarterback today with a, even a better arm than Big Ben had last year, even though Trubisky has an average arm. And he's athletic, which means that they can open up the playbook a little bit more, move the pocket, do some other stuff like that. I think the Steelers 100% are a big underrated winner here in this free agency. Ridiculous. Okay, why? Well, like, all right. 
Is Mitch Trubisky more mobile and has a stronger arm than what Ben Roethlisberger is today, last season? Yes, of course. I can throw it farther than Ben Roethlisberger. And I was never that good at throwing a football. But, like, you say, oh, they had a couple upgrades at the line. I mean, the line hasn't been good for, was it, two years now? And the upgrades are pieces. They're not. They're not. They Didn't t- give up any draft picks, though, so you can draft on the O-line, too. I guess. But, like, it's still a question. Um, it's it's not like what the Bengals did, bringing in some two decent names, mm-hmm. at least, like, no names for their line. I'm saying that might not work out either, maybe. But, like, I, I would have more confidence in the Bengals, what they did for their line, than what the Steelers have done for the line. And, like, I don't care if Mitch Trubisky made a playoff. He made one playoff. Two. Uh, excuse me, made two playoffs. And then people figured out how to play him, and he's looked terrible since. Mm. So it's like, oh, he can throw the ball further. Yes, he can throw the deep interceptions as opposed to the short interceptions. He spent a year with Brian Dable as well. and Brian Dable has done a wonders for quarterbacks so far in the NFL. I like that as well. Okay. But, like, and, yeah, the Steelers team, like, yeah, Najee Harris was a 1,200-yard rusher last year despite the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And um, was it? I think Johnson was a thousand yard receiver. You know, you, you, you're gonna have weapons, but like when you have a guy that's as inaccurate as Mitch Trubisky, I don't care who you're throwing it to. You're not gonna hit him, okay? Because he can't. His, his stats aren't that bad, man. His stats aren't good. Listen, if they had to pay twenty million for this, I wouldn't like it as much. If they had to pay thirty million, I wouldn't like it. But the fact of the matter is, they paid him seven million, pretty much. Brian, do you have any thoughts on the Pittsburgh one before I move on to my other ones? See, I'm kind of torn on that because as much as I think that like the the team they're going to be throwing out on the field every week is better than last year's team, one, it's not saying a whole lot. Two, if Tomlin doesn't manage to somehow squeeze seven wins and a tie out of that team last year, do they even make the playoffs No. if there's no extra game? No, absolutely not. But I can't believe they made the playoffs as is. But he I mean, he inherits a very good coach, a stable culture, a winning organization, and a terrific defense. He does, but I don't and weapons on offense. I don't stable think he's going to be able to put it together. Okay, we'll see. I, I don't. I wouldn't call it a stable culture. I call, it, thing. I call it a stable culture. Here's another one, one reason I don't want to call him a winner. Other than the quarterback and like the offensive line, that is a that's a solid roster. Mm-hmm. And you made a. A slight athletic My upgrade at quarterback. Is they have upgraded their team at a farther less cost than most teams have. Yeah, but you didn't really upgrade division, much at all. In a division that is super winnable. Mm, I, I don't I don't consider it like I Do don't I think, think they're going to a Super Bowl? Hell no. I just don't think Do I, I think that they did enough here. to win the division? Yes. I don't think we consider them winners here. Okay, fine. Uh the other loser I have is the Pats. Don't need to go into that. And the last one, the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to say the Packers because now it looks like Devontae Adams isn't going to play on the franchise tag. All they did was pay Rodgers more. And Brady came back. So the NFC got harder again than it was, you know, two weeks ago. And Green Bay hasn't upgraded the team at all. And it wasn't good enough to beat San Francisco apparently last year. And now it's a worse team than it was before. They're not good enough to beat the Rams. And they're not good enough to beat the Buccaneers. They have no cap room. And who knows if Adams even plays. So I think they're a loser so far in this free agency. They had to give up Zadarius Smith also to be able to pay Aaron. So they're losing people on that roster. Yeah, but we knew they were going to lose people. And I still consider them the top, a top three team in that conference. 
Maybe. That's why but, I can't consider them really that much of a loser. I think if Trey Lance can play even a little bit, though, I think San Francisco is better than Green Bay. Brian? I think Green Bay is only in the position, like, like, as far, like, from your perspective, Jesse, like, now that it's, like, Rodgers is definitively back, yeah, it does make you that much better, but they're kind of only a third place, like, top three team in the conference by default, because oh, the rest yeah. of the competition... And again, like, like I said, I, I think all Trey has to do is be competent, and the Niners are better than the Packers. Yep. In my opinion. And the Cowboys certainly don't have a crap roster either. I saw him shut him down in uh, Lambeau last year. I mean, with Jimmy G, who apparently had a torn up shoulder. Yeah, but I... Uh, wait, tore him up in Lambeau? No, Jimmy G had a torn up shoulder. No, but like you said, like the, that was such a terrible game. Packers uh, no, still should have won that game. Uh, no, I know, but I said I saw, I saw the Niners shut them down, though. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. Kind of? They had one touchdown. And the 49ers had, like, one touchdown that came on special teams. Right, but we're not talking about what the 49ers were able to do. I'm not talking about the Niners' offense. I'm just talking about what I saw the Packers do at home against a Niners team that wasn't even playing good offensively. And what happens if the Packers don't have Devontae Adams? I think that offense is almost anemic. They're screwed. Yeah, I really do. I really think that. And this is a worse team next year that Green Bay will put on the floor. On the floor that he'll put on the field than was last year's team. Rodgers will still put up points in the regular season. In the regular season. Sure, he will. Like in 2013, right when the Patriots' offense looked like hot garbage, Brady somehow still was able to put up 51 points against the Steelers. But look what happened to him once they faced a real team when they got to the playoffs. Hmm. Manning's Broncos made him look like idiots. Now, granted, the defense, the Pats' defense, was pretty bummed that year. And that O-line was uh, crippled going into that The O-line sucked, and there's been no better offense in the history of the league than that 2013 Broncos team. But even so, like, we're talking about... Oh, wait, didn't the Packers lose their center, too? I think they might have. I don't know if it was the center. They lost the lineman. Yeah, so they lost the lineman as well. We don't know if Devontae's going to play. And they, lost their, and they lost their best pass rusher. I swear to God, everyone's lost the lineman. Yeah, but they don't have the money to do anything about it. I get uh, like it, The conference got so bad, I kind of don't think it matters that much. Okay. All right. I, I think they're a loser. Um, Jesse, I think that was the thing. I don't want to consider them a winner, but I almost want to because Aaron Rodgers didn't leave, and then everyone around them got way worse than Green Bay did. Except Tampa bringing back Brady. When they thought he was coming, but back. Tampa Bay is going to be worse than last year. It's, they're still going to be better than Green Bay. All right, listen, you two winners, two losers. Let's go, Jesse. Well, I mean, one of my wins was the Chargers. Yep. we don't have to talk about them. No. My other winner, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, because they they needed the line upgrade. They got the weapons. They lost Uzama, but like he wasn't a factor in the playoffs in the big games. He was injured, so I like Uzama, but he's just a tight end, not even one of the elite tight ends. But you got. Uh, I mean, maybe the two biggest names on the market in terms of offensive line mm-hmm. in Ted Karras and Kappa. So, like, that was your big thing. That was the thing that was going to, I think, make you from a good team to a real contender. Uh, if you look at the other teams in your division, Browns, it's not going well. It's not going well for them right now. I don't care how good that roster is. Now, if you get, they get Deshaun, like, that's huge for the Browns. And that doesn't look good for the Bengals. Ravens haven't done anything. 
And like I'm not that scared of them, even if they get healthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't care they got Mitch Trubisky. Pittsburgh hasn't done much of anything to really upgrade. Mm-hmm. So I consider the Bengals a big winner this offseason. Okay. And my losers, uh, mostly because of just the things going on around them for the whole entire franchise. But the Saints is my first loser mm-hmm. because there is that cap situation. It is slightly better than I thought. You you're, you're have a, such a toxic mm-hmm. franchise with people like Michael Thomas. And this stuff with Alvin Kamara like, might be going to jail for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's so bad that your head coach was just like, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to deal with football. I want to go home. So it's not looking good for the Saints. If you get to Sean Watson, like, hey, win. And then my other loser is Miami. A lot of it's just because, you know, the Brian Flores situation. Mm -hmm. You had a good coach. You had a decent team. You just needed some upgrades. And you decided to get rid of that good coach. And now you have... The only news you've made this offseason is controversy. It's in lawsuits. Yeah. And your owner intentionally trying to lose two years ago. And your one signing is a backup quarterback. Yes. Who might be your starter one day. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. So that's why. And then also like. And I'm, at one point you were a destination for maybe potential quarterbacks. And you've turned yourself into a non-factor in that. Because yes. now no one wants to go to Miami. Yes. There was talks that Wilson could go there. Obviously, there was talks Deshaun could go there. But now no one wants to touch that franchise. And I don't blame them. No, I don't blame them either. And yeah, that, that actually, that owner even, I mean, it's died down a little bit. There was talks of like the NFL was going to maybe even push out, I can't remember his name, the owner of the Miami Dolphins because of the rumor of he... Intentionally lost game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not looking good. So no. they're a loser. All right. Brian, do you have any? Do you have a second winner or loser to throw out there? Or any retorts to anything Jesse said for his winners or losers? Second winner, I got to go Cincy. Okay. Only for, like, what Jesse said. Like, your biggest issue on that team last year, aside from, like, apparently the fact that coaches and GMs in Cincinnati think it's a brilliant idea to bring in cornerbacks that should be classified as legally blind, like Eli Apple, <laughs> you, you finally, finally address that O-line. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to win games, if you want to be successful in this league and win titles... You cannot, cannot let your star quarterback be getting fitted for wearing defensive ends and defensive linemen every freaking week. You're not going to win games. And we've said it on this show a handful of times before. If you suck at the line of scrimmage, you're not worth a two-cent bet. Yeah. They were lucky to get there. Well, Can you imagine Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase... With time, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works. Second loser. I almost want to go Houston because it's almost as good as gold that Watson's gone. Mm. Yeah, but at this point, that's almost going to make them a winner because he's not going to play for you, and you're going to at least get an asset, right? And the conversation will be over. Sure. I mean, you could go Indy as a loser right now. I mean, unless you really like Gardner Minshew and you think that's going to work. How much of a... I forgot they got Gardner. How much of a downgrade is it, though, from Wentz to Gardner? I think... I like Minshew. I think we'll see. I think Carson is a better talent. He is a better talent. And, and I think pushes that the ball got, down the field. If he got another year there, especially because Frank Reich is the coach, 
I think it would have looked way better than it did last year. Yeah, I, I still would go Wentz over Minshew, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Has Gardner ever gotten a real fair chance because he had to be with Jacksonville before? No. So we'll see what happens. All right. I think that's. I think we got that then for the winners and losers. Your thing with Cincy, though, I will say, they lost a defensive lineman as well on the interior they of did. that team. And they lost CJ, who you don't think is a big deal. I do think it matters because uh, I think weapons are just so valuable in this league now. So I think it does matter. But, but it wasn't. It is what it is. It is what it is. Weapon. We'll move on. Next one. The Cold War going on in football, known as the AFC West. They are just stockpiling nukes and pointing them at each other. Love it. It is insanity over in there in the AFC West. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. I don't think we've ever seen a division quite like this. I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback division quite like this. And I don't think we've ever seen an arms race quite like this. Jesse, start it off. Your reactions to this. Okay. I mean, with the thing with the quarterback, I, I love to crap on Derek Carr. I think, I mean, I'll consider him a, he's in the better half of the quarterbacks. But, like, if you line the quarterbacks up, you got Patrick Mahomes. You ever see, like, that picture with, like, the three-headed dragon? Mm-hmm. It'd be a four-headed dragon. It's, like, the two. In this case, three. It's, like, the, the tough, mean dragon. And then there's that other one that's just, like. Out to lunch. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you got Herbert. You got Wilson. You got Mahomes. And then you got a Derek Carr. And I, 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 the, you have three, also three teams that are just, like, oh, we're really going to be contender. And then you do have the Raiders. I know they made the playoffs last year. They have upgrades themselves with the Chandler Jones. Um, they have a pretty decent roster just throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, with how much the Chargers have upgraded, with how much the Broncos have upgraded, and just what we know the Chiefs are capable of, I still th- consider this a very strong three-horse race. Mm-hmm. And I think the Raiders are going to get embarrassed by these three elite teams. Mm. Um I still, I said last week, I still think the Chiefs are probably going to be the class of the division because they've played together so long. They have the best coach. They do probably have the best quarterback and some of the best weapons in Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. They don't have the depth of these other teams. They don't have the defense of these other teams. But I still think the Chiefs are the class of that division. And I just, I can't help but make fun of the Raiders. Good luck to Josh McDaniels, though. Brian? I totally agree with Jesse. Oh my! I, I, really? God. Even the Raiders wow. stuff? Nope. Wait. I agree with Jesse in the sense that Casey is still going to be the class of that division. That's because, what I disagree with because of the cohesion okay. and the coaching. Okay. Reed is by far the best coach in that division. If you put Staley, Hackett, and McDaniel's together, I know. Like McDaniel's is the only one that's even remotely comparable, and I still don't know how much I trust him as a head coach. Yeah. KC is going to win that division. Okay. Also, Charger's going to charge her. Do you have any other thoughts? Charger, yes. Chargers are going to charge her. Do you think you've... Has there ever been a division like this? Has this ever happened before? Quite like this? I'm sure. As, the only thing I can think of well, is, the, is, like is a, the years of the Red Sox and Yankees going back and forth with each other, you know, in the AL East and trying to add as many pieces and names as they possibly could. So throwing th- money at Kurt Schilling and he throws money here and he throws money here. Those were great, too. I think the last great arms race we saw was Pats and Broncos, like mm. circa 2014. Okay. Broncos added TJ Ward and Tlaib and Demarcus Ware, and Bill went out and loaded up, and it got us a title. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see it across a whole division, it is so wildly entertaining. Yeah. 
Like, I've been geeking out about this the last <laughs> week. I know. And it's so exciting to see what it's going to look like. And I'll tell you, it's great for the players because, man, it's, I would not pay J.C. Jackson that kind of money. It's great and, for the league. It is. But I would not play J.C. Jackson that kind of money. I understand why the Chargers do it, though, because you have Herbert on the rookie deal still, and you have such a loaded offensive division. They're about the only team who I would say, you know what, it's worth it throwing that much money at J.C. Jackson. Right, what choice do you have? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's the it's the desperate times. Mm-hmm. It's the necessity of your particular situation. So I get why the Chargers throw that much money at J.C. Jackson. I get why you're going to throw that much money or, or give up all that, take on all that money that Khalil Mack is making, all these other things as well. Raiders going to get Chandler Jones. I don't think it's done. I think someone else is going to add something. Uh, I meant to potentially put them in my losers, but we're talking about the AFC West anyway, so it doesn't matter. I think KC could potentially be a loser so far in free agency because they haven't really gotten better. And the rest of the league is the teams around them are getting much better. Do they still have the coach? Yes. Do they still maybe have the best quarterback? Yes. To me, they have for weapons just Kelsey and Hill. And after that, it falls off a cliff, whereas the Chargers have Williams, Eckler, and Keenan Allen. I also think their other wide receivers uh, in Guyton and Palmer had some valuable time at the end of last year when Williams got hurt. They're better than what Casey has in reserve. Um, And Denver, to me, doesn't have as much of an elite weapon as Hill and Kelsey. But once again, I think they have far more options, which I think is very helpful. I saw Casey at times be handled offensively because you could focus on those two. The O-line's not going to be any better. There's talks that Frank Clark, I don't know if they actually released him yet, but he'll probably be gone. I don't know if Kansas City's the best team in that division anymore. I really don't. I think we're giving it to them because Reed and Mahomes. And I get that, you know, until I see it, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I look at these both these teams. I think Denver's a better roster, and I think the Chargers are a better roster. Top to bottom, maybe. I don't trust Staley. Let's see if Hackett can do it, though. Maybe Denver's better. I, what? Go, go you, you go. <laughs> so, so I have a question here, and it kind of pertains to what, not so much a question, more it is an observation, as it pertains to Russell Wilson and his ability to make the guys around him better and Reed's ability as a coach, and more specifically as an offensive mind, to be able to maximize the production that you can get out of guys that maybe aren't, you know, necessarily on the same skill level. Yeah, but clearly, Tyreek Hill. But they weren't able to do that last year. They were unable to do that last year. And I saw that Uh, offense go through stretches of just being handcuffed, handled, and completely out of sync. I think both the Chargers and Denver are more stable teams and more stable offenses and more consistent. I I will say, I mean, you're right with the fact that we could probably consider Casey a loser because they haven't done anything, it seems, at all, Mm -hmm. while everyone else around them is upgrading, no matter how big or how small. Um, But after last season, and they showed so many cracks last season, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're vulnerable here. If we we can frustrate Mahomes, he's just going to toss it up because he trusts himself too much. Mm -hmm. Um, If we can just... Uh, get under Tyreek Hill's skin. Like he, he's not that great of a route runner. 
stuff. I mean, he is, but like you know, you, you got to be bumping him off and all that stuff. And people, teams figure out that you can you can really um, put these guys. You can really uh, put the top on whatever whatever, whatever good phrases for it. Mm-hmm. But if you're also the Chargers, like you got to be aware of that, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be like, all right, we got to rework this. The, the, what, they figured us out. Let's let's almost start from square one. And remake this offense, and I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes they can do that, because like they say all the time, like they're almost working on the fly. It seems constantly that play, um, it to like against Buffalo, where Buffalo was gonna win the game, and like it was what was it like seventeen seconds, nineteen seconds? I don't know what it was. They was the two plays they got like forty yards out of them. That second one to Tyree uh, to Travis Kelsey, he made it up. He mm. ran a route he just made up. Mm. He's like, there was a play call. He's like, I don't like that. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's another reason why, like, I just the Chiefs just find a way. And, in, and until I see someone really clamp them down mm. across the league, I can't, I can't count them out. I think Denver was able to clamp them down a good amount of the time they played. Denver has been a top three defense the last two years, and now they get an elite quarterback and a great offense. So, we will see. I'm not saying I'm making a pick yet who wins the division, but man, I ain't going with KC right now. If it ain't the Chiefs, it's going to be Denver because I don't trust the Chargers enough. Okay. You know what else I like about KC a little bit this year is that Mahomes told his brother and his lady friend to kind of keep their distance. So if nothing else, he can, you know, focus a little more and pay attention Maybe, and yeah. not have to worry about really? all this outside noise. Well, he's officially married now. I know that. So, like, he doesn't have to worry. <laughs> like, she's locked down. Uh, did he act? Is that really a report? Did he say that? I, that was rumored. Something to that effect. He kind of told what's his face there, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Jackson and uh, to, to, they got to chill out. Yeah, they got to hey, chill out. None of that. No twerking and throwing beer at people. Yes. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. Well, what, what, didn't she pop a bottle of champagne or something yeah. on, on people after a yeah. playoff win? In, in a freezing cold weather. Section of people. She's we, in the box. You know what's funny? Warm. We just talked about the, the man in the arena and Giselle's comment. And we're talking about like people's families getting involved. But yes, hers was in an obnoxious when we're winning kind of way. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Stafford's wife, though, Kelly, who threw a pretzel at someone who was berating her husband when he was playing back. <laughs> that's that's a keeper right there. That's that's wifey material. <laughs> But yes, do not, when we win, start spraying random fans who didn't do anything to you with champagne. Don't do that. In the freezing cold. <laughs> In the freezing cold. Do not do that. All right. Moving on. Jesse, we're about ready to wrap this up. This thing, we, we were thinking to ourselves, man, we got to come up with a new segment. No, we don't yet. Nope. He won't die. He will not die. Yeah. Let's go. I kept it out of rapid fire news, but my man is officially back. Tom Brady put out a tweet. The other day, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates. I love the support, my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business, LFG. So, obviously, this was rumored. Oh, he's gonna. He might want to go to the 49ers, the Dolphins, but he's gonna play again. Maybe he'll just take a year off. Now he just really didn't want to play for the Bucks. <laughs> and they called his bluff. And you know what? I've never felt more in my life that this man that I respect and admire is a big old bitch. <laughs> you just didn't want to play for Bruce Arians. And I get it. There's a lot of things about Bruce Arians that I think he's a bumbling idiot. He's kind of, 
just some dude. He doesn't care. He's also himself a bitch. And a, like he, he wants the center of attention. But when he came out and said, like, hey, if Tom Brady's going to play this year, he's going to play for us. And I admire the fact that the Buccaneers said, like, listen, we oh, don't. Well, well, he went, well he went, it's going to take about five first round picks for us to trade him. Yeah. And like, I mean, sure. Yeah. At that point, that squash that right there. Do it. Um, but I so admire the Buccaneers of just like, bro, we know you still want to play. So if you're going to play this year, oh, it's going to be for us, baby. <laughs> and I admire that. Brian, thoughts on that? Brady being back. Is there a single person in the country who pays even any monicum of attention to professional sports that didn't think he was done? Ah, uh, eh. I thought the door was kind of open, but I didn't think he'd come back that oh, quickly. Oh, come on. I, I understand I the thought, that quickly I, thing. I thought, you know what? I thought Giselle had finally gotten to him. You know what surprised? Oh, please. You know Brady's <laughs> Brady was sitting at home, and anytime Giselle had anything to say to him about gluten-free pizza or sitting down to watch a movie with subtitles, he was sitting there thinking to himself, oh, for Christ's sakes, this lady again. <laughs> the most surprising thing about Brady's unretirement is the fact that it lasted two months less time than a lockout. <laughs> 40 days to the almost 100 days that uh, the uh, MLB lockout was going on. But to Jesse's point, I think it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, Tom, you're kind of being a bitch. And this is now the second time you've pulled this. I don't want to play in New England because I don't want to play for Bill. I get it. Bill is an insufferable <laughs> dickweed. I, he's still your boss, and it's still there's your a job. Dip, but here's here's why here's why I will not support Tom on this one. I kind of supported Tom on the New England one. Here's the difference: the difference was for years he was taking the pay cuts in New England, and yet Bill wasn't getting him the players he wanted. Bill tried to trade Gronk at one point. They were no longer drafting well. He basically didn't have a lot of help on the offensive side. Tampa Bay. Bent over backwards to give Tom everything he wanted. That's true, but on the flip Bruce, side of and that... Bruce and them didn't want A.B., but they said, you know what, Tommy, we'll do what you want, and we'll bring in A.B., we'll bring in Gronk, we'll bring in Leonard Fournette. They basically did whatever he wanted. Right, but... So flip... I think that's the difference, to be like, after after they did all that, to be like, I want to leave now and just go play somewhere else. But the flip side of that coin, though, is like, think about all the reports that we heard that came out about how there was a rift and there was indifference and disagreements and this and that and the other thing between Brady and Arians. Like, yeah. you could chalk that up to being a lot of the same stuff, minus the personnel and financial decisions that happened in New yeah. England. There was rumors I, about that I, I guess, since but the I'm moment we got there. Yeah, but I'm just talking about from an organizational and who owes who type of thing, why it's a little bit different. Because like I said, Tampa... Did everything to cater for you. Whereas New England, I get why you were frustrated and done. Tampa did everything to cater, but Bruce Arians didn't. True. And that's why he's like... Because, I mean, there was that report like, oh, Brady and Byron Leftwich would make this whole big offensive scheme for the week. <laughs> and then Bruce Arians would just come in after they're done with his red pen and just no, 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 no. And obviously, like, that'd be annoying. Like, you contributed nothing. You're just telling us no. <laughs> so that's obviously annoying. But to pull, like, you really couldn't sit there with one more year. Or, like, even just go to them, like, all right, can you guys just trade me? It's not working out here. I don't want to be here. And, like, do that quietly. But you couldn't take one more season with that tomato. You had to go fake retirement. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly he can because he came back. He was just, he was trying not to. 
I will like, say this. So as much as I so middle school. As much as I don't love this one from Tommy, it's still not as bad as Brett Favre. It's not. Everyone trying to compare him to Favre. It's not. It's not nearly. Well, as he's bad. not a Green Bay quarterback. Favre, Favre stretched that out for so long. He I've didn't play for the Packers for weeks. I swear to God, that's just another record that Tom's going to try to break <laughs> because he has to have all of the records. He can't just have most of the ones that matter. He has to have all of them, and he's going to break the retirement record. Too I know, now. but but Brett Favre stretched it out though for so. Long. Like years, oh, I might retire this time. I might retire this time. So he's not as bad as Favre, at least. Um, here's the other one. I think he was being a, a little bit of a bitch, and uh, you know, being, being he was kind of being LeBronish a little bit. I would have loved to see him in San Francisco, though. Kyle Shanahan and Tom Brady together would have been a match made in heaven. You have the super. Great offensive-minded, super stingent, strict guy in Kyle Shanahan with super motivated, super strict, all about winning Tom Brady. I would have loved that match. Match made in heaven right there if Shanahan and Brady had come together. They would have just ran the ball the whole time. No, they wouldn't have. They would not have. All right. Do we have any more thoughts on Brady or should we go to the Darwin and wrap this up? Um, I wish I recorded it, so we have to do it again. I'll get out of here. (laughs) I know. I should have thought of that. All right. For the Darwin, back to a Brady thing. This week's Darwin Award winner, drum roll please, everyone. The Darwin Award winner is the fan who bought that ball that was supposed to be Brady's last touchdown from uh, to Mike Evans for $500,000. What is that ball worth now? Mm. 40 bucks? <laughs> you oh, bought well, that a couple hundred. for 500K. I bet it's worth about 100 bucks at no. most. It's not like it's signed. Still at least a couple hundred bucks. I'll I'll go farther than that. Our next Darwin is going to be Brady if he doesn't sucker up the cash and give it to that guy that bought that ball. Oh, uh, I don't I think know. he has to. No, that's not Brady's responsibility. Uh, yeah, that's not that's not that on top. Come on. Nah. That guy should have known. He should have realized he was probably coming back. Okay, yes, by the question but that, that I posed is, at the is, start of the Tommy report, yeah, he should have you know known he's coming back. As we talked like, about Calvin Ridley, so we talking about Calvin Ridley. It's a fifteen. What was it? A fifteen hundred dollar bet, bet to, to lose, lose 10, ten million. million. This guy probably, you know, what? An investment of five hundred k to get an asset that's now worth a hundred and you know fifty bucks. That's an L. Yeah. Sure. The last two Darwins have been some of the biggest financial L's of all time. Well, I will say this about this man: Does he look like a fool? Yes. Should he have been smarter about it? Yes. Is that a huge waste of $500,000? Yes. I assume this is chump change to this man. If you're oh, willing, I'm sure. If you are willing to pay, I don't care what ball it is, if you are willing to pay $500,000 for a toy, <laughs> you have money to burn. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure this man is not in any rough place. He's just like... Damn, now I can't resell this in a couple of years for millions. Ah, I bet he wasn't even reselling. I just think it's funny you spent 500K on something that's worth about 150 bucks. Maybe now. I, as far as the like reimbursement from Brady to the buyer, I don't even mean that so much like from a financial standpoint. Because like you were saying, Jesse, if you have that amount of money to shell out on a toy, <laughs> I think yeah, you're probably not hurting for money. But like at that point, it's the principle. Yeah, you could use that for think. something better. Yeah. All right. I think we were good on that. That has been it for Slow Your Roll this week, guys. We will be back probably on our normal Monday or Tuesday next week. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my life together. <laughs> well, it's been it's been rough out here. 
trying to get this schedule done along with everything else. We'll, we'll be back at our normal time next week talking more baseball. Thank you very much, guys. At Slow Your Roll on Instagram, uh, Slow Your Roll on Twitter as well, and slowyourroll.com where you can get, you know, Jesse's articles during the season. Baseball's coming back up pretty soon. We'll see what happens soon. there. Links to the rest of the shows and Instagram videos to the clip. Twitter as well. We'll put some videos, uh, clips from the show as well up there. Thank you very much, everyone. And have a great rest of your week. March Madness. March Madness, guys. Good luck on your brackets. <laughs>